0: Grace to you and peace from God, our Father, and from the Lord, Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God from Hebrews chapter 4. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. This is God's word. Good Friday, of course, happens on the Mount they called Golgotha, or we call it Mount Calvary, outside the city of Jerusalem where Jesus carried his own cross, the cross on which he was nailed, where he was lifted up to die. But Good Friday also happens in another place, a place that St. John does not record in his gospel. But Matthew, Mark, and Luke all take pains to mention it because it's significant. That upon the death of Jesus Christ, the curtain, the veil in the temple was torn in two. So Good Friday takes place On Calvary at the cross of Jesus, but it also takes place in the temple. That curtain, which was several inches thick, would have made quite a sound upon being torn in two. That curtain was to separate the Holy of Holies, the innermost part of the temple, from the Holy place and from the outer courtyards, that inner sanctum of the temple. Only the high priest could go in there. And that was one day a year on the Day of Atonement. It was in that place where God's glory dwelt, where God promised to be with his people. Of course, when Jesus dies and that curtain is torn in two, it means there's no longer a division between the place where God dwells and with mankind. Because Jesus has removed it in his bleeding and in his dying. He is the great high priest who enters into the holiest of holies for us and removes the separation and allows That curtain to be torn in two. And so we see Good Friday happening at the cross outside the city. And on the hill called Zion in the middle of the city. Where the temple stood and the curtain was torn in two. But those are not the only two places where Good Friday happens. The writer to the Hebrews would also have you, dear Christians, know that Good Friday takes place in the throne room of heaven. That when Jesus suffers and dies and bows his head and gives up his spirit for the sins of humanity, for you and for me, it happens on the cross and the curtain is torn in the temple inside the city. But the real impact is felt right there before the throne of God the Father within the courtroom of heaven. Let us, the writer of the Hebrews says, then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace. That we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. There are not many times when the throne of God is described in Holy Scripture for us. One of them is found in Isaiah chapter 6, when Isaiah has a vision of the throne of God and the seraphim around it. How did Isaiah respond? Woe is me, he cried out. I am ruined, I am lost. I am a man of unclean lips and I live amongst a people of unclean lips and my eyes have seen the Lord God Almighty. Isaiah feared judgment when he was before the throne of God. But the writer to the Hebrews doesn't call God's throne a throne of judgment. He calls it the throne of grace. The throne where God the Father gives good gifts. That's what grace is. They're good, blessed gifts from God that we don't deserve, but he gives us out of his love and his compassion. What is it that would give God's people confidence, assurance, boldness, To approach God in this way. Nothing other than the death of Jesus Christ the Son of God. For when he died there on the cross on Calvary. Not only was the curtain that separated the Holy of Holies. From the rest of the people torn into in the temple. But the very throne of God was opened up. To you and me. So that we could stand in God's presence so that we could know we have a God who gives us good things. He doesn't say that we should draw near timidly or meekly or ashamedly. He says, draw near With confidence. Draw near knowing there is nothing that keeps you from your Heavenly Father. That you can bring Him the desires of your heart, the needs of your life, that you can expect good things from Him because He's a Father, He is the Father. And you're His child. not just any child, if we were to draw in the language of St. Paul, he would say, we are heirs. Those who receive an inheritance. Those who receive not just good things from the Father, but the best that he has to give. That is the kind of confidence we have. That is the kind of boldness we have. The knowledge that nothing separates you from God. Not your sin, not your guilt, not your shame, not even your death. Because we all know that death is not the end of this story, but merely the prelude. And so it is for us as well. Nothing can keep us from the Father who loves us. For Christ Jesus our Lord has paid it all in his blood. He is, as the writer to the Hebrews calls him, the great high priest. What irony that we heard in our Passion reading that Jesus should be struck on the cheek because of how he would dare speak in front of the high priest, and yet it is he, Christ himself, who is the great high priest in that place. The one who goes forward willingly to his death to suffer and to die so that you, dear Christian, dear child of God, can have confidence. Your God is a God of love. Your God is a God who invites you forth To receive the good things he has to give you. And oh, does he have good things to give you. Not just this proclamation of gospel today. That Christ is dead for us. And we have access to the throne of grace. But gifts that pour out for all eternity. Body and blood given week in and week out of Christ himself. For the forgiveness of our sins. Hope and life and salvation in the face of death. That though death awaits us all, that death has no power. That part's to be continued, of course. Come back for that Easter morning. For this day we will be content to know that we can confidently, boldly, openly, and without fear, Approach the God of grace. Indeed, He invites us this day into His very presence where His word is found to say, You are my child, and I have gifts of grace for you. Good things. It is not a throne of judgment that awaits us, dear friends. When Christ shall return in judgment, we shall not be found in our sins. But know that they are paid in full. That when he said, it is finished, sin was paid completely. So we know that when he bowed his head and died, God our Father would be a God of grace. Amen